Welcome to the Talk Football Podcast. My name is Tommy Hay, and I'm joined by Kieran Quayle, the editor of Get Spanish Football News Online. How are you doing, Kieran? Can you share the the, the, the latest update on your on your travel situation? Yeah, so I have to rebook the flight now back to Madrid. Hopefully, I'll get something scheduled for July, and then I'll be able to to return. But um, it depends on on what Ryanair has to offer when I go back on the website. Pedro Sanchez said there on Saturday that. Uh, Spain is, is going to be reopened for tourists and guests come July. So, fingers crossed. How are you keeping? Yeah, not bad. Um, yeah, been been fully using my, my right to, to, to go out and, and walk uh, just pretty much everywhere. We're not we're still not allowed to go out at any time. You've got to do that at between 8 o'clock to 11 o'clock at night or between 6 o'clock and 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, but if you wanted it's it's kind of crazy. You're allowed to go to the pub whenever, if it's to a terrace. So if you are out in the street midday, and the police stop you and say where are you going, if you say I'm going to the pub, that's perfectly legal. Yeah, it's yeah. it's looking good, and I think everybody's feeling a bit more, a bit more comfortable and a bit more optimistic about the situation. You know, touch wood. Obviously, it could all change whenever. Um, that's that's certainly the case with. With um, with the rules and regulations, Sanchez seems to be surprising everybody. Uh, I was really taken aback when when he announced that La Liga was going to be um, open from 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 early next month, or he, he gave the green light to go from early next month. I think it even surprised Tebas. You know, I think so. Yeah, it was brilliant because he said it on the Saturday. He said it about the the eighth of June, and then Tebas came out on Sunday the day after and said it would be hopefully from the, the weekend of the twelfth of June. So he could even possibly organise for the Seville Derby to take place on the eleventh of June. But it, it's more than likely going to be that weekend, according to Sanchez and Tebas, which uh, is great. Great news for, for fans. We we didn't really know when it was going to return, but it really looks like it now because in, in the press all week the players have been talking about the return and um it's it's gonna be um a busy month really. Uh today they also got the go ahead from the Spanish Federation to play on Monday nights and Friday nights, which will allow them to complete the season that bit quicker. Um so that's good news as well for, for La Liga and it just means then that there's going to be more football every day. Yeah, well, the, the, Tebas said that that was his objective, wasn't it? Was to get a game every single day. Um, so, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's doable. I don't know if he's 100% ready or if the players are ready. It seems to be, you know, they have been back at training for a while, obviously getting back to that um, like full fitness level that they were at. That, that could take a little bit of time. I've noticed that. I, I don't know if, if if you've noticed that with with some of the German games. I thought it was particularly obvious with um, the, the the first one back, which was Dortmund versus Schalke. Schalke looked like they were really a little bit off the pace, uh, and and some of the goals that they conceded, I don't think they would have conceded under normal circumstances. If you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just a bit of rustiness or whatever. When you expect, you know, when you think about the levels that that these guys are at usually. It's it's a hell of a you know task to get back to that in, in such a short space of time. So, but the Spanish guys, are, you know, the Spanish players have been back training for a while, so you never know. Yeah, it's a strange one because like during the season you hear about 
people complaining oh, the, the players are knackered they're playing 38 games they've got Champions League they've got Copa del Rey they've got too much to do and some teams complain when they have maybe a squad of 17 or 18 players and players get injured and then you give them a two-month break and it's the opposite it's oh they're going to get injured they're going to they're, they're still not going to be ready they're not going to be fit so uh, you can never really win like the players are, are getting muscle injuries now but it happens all the time it happens during the season it happens in pre-season so I think it's just going to be all part of the return and um, they've had a longer break off than ever so I think there's really there's no excuse now when the obviously individual training at home you're, you mightn't be up to the standards because you're you're getting your your program sent over via an app from your sports scientist and it's not going to be the same maybe the same intensity in your living room as it is going to be on the pitch but um, it's it's definitely it's going to just going to happen players are going to get injured and they're going to pick up knocks as they go along and sometimes it's going to be just Are you annoyed a little bit about this uh, this thing about Isco liking a, a, a politically motivated Facebook post? Yeah, again, it's 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 a bit players acting like normal individuals, doing normal day to day things, like like the lads having a barbecue, even though they were breaking the rules. But Isco was liking something, so he literally just used his thumb to like uh, something on Instagram. Was maybe sitting at home having a cup of tea and forgot that maybe six million people follow him on Instagram and everybody's watching everything he does. So it is kind of infuriating when someone clicks a button and then the whole world's talking about, oh, what's he, what's he after doing? And it's like it's none of our business, really. Like he's able to, he's able to do what what he wants to do, and um, not really aware of what he was liking though. Could you explain maybe? Yeah, so uh, basically, there, there there have been for the last week or two, there have been uh, protesters in uh, in in Madrid and actually around Spain. But the, the most vocal protesters have, have been based in Madrid, who are uh, they're basically been protesting against the the government's handling of the whole coronavirus situation. They're they're angry about various things. Um, but the 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 protesters. The most vocal ones are, are are from richer, let's say, areas of of Madrid. So Barrio de Salamanca is this uh, very affluent area of the city, and that's where the most uh, sort of loud, visible protests have been. And they've been uh, they've been nicknamed the the Cayetanos. They've been dubbed the Cayetanos. The Cayetanos like a very sort of posh person name here. So basically, you know, they've been pejoratively referred to as, as Cayetanos and like you know. Rich, angry, rich people, basically. Uh, and uh, the other day, a, a Spanish rapper posted a, a tweet, basically having a go at uh, 
at, at these Cayetanos, at these rich protesters, and Isco liked the the tweet. That's basically it. That's what he's got into trouble for. It does amuse me a little bit because I reckon a lot of the people in those areas are probably Real Madrid fans. So I think that might have, um, <laughs> you know, knowing what we know about Madrid and the culture surrounding it, uh, probably quite a lot of those people would have been uh, Madrid fans. Um, and maybe it's like this idea that yeah. uh, Isco's actually having a go at his own supporters or whatever. I don't know. Uh, and also, if he's in a position to to do such a thing. It wasn't... I, I'm on the same page as you. Uh, we all like things on Twitter. And you don't really think about it too much. Liking something is different from actually writing a tweet. If he'd written a tweet that was having a go at them, if he composed it in his own words and was taking a political stance, you can understand why people would maybe be a bit angry about that. But just to like, I think, I don't know. I think it's a bit of an exaggeration. Yeah, I think so. Like a millisecond tap and, and then everybody's talking about it. But uh, hopefully hopefully it's it's all um, boiled over sooner rather than later, just like the barbecue in Seville. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's have one more chat about, uh, one more one more conversation about off-the-field stuff uh, and, and about this season ticket money and, and refunds. Uh, different clubs are having different uh, approaches to things. Barca this week revealed that they will not be giving any of their money back to, to the season ticket holders who have already paid for their season tickets. Uh, and there's no plans to even give them a discount next season, which a lot of people have, you know, we know what the current financial situation is at Barcelona, but that's generated a lot of criticism. Uh, the, the, the statement from the board was basically to paraphrase uh, being a fan of Barca isn't like being a member of a gym uh, because there's feeling involved. That's the excuse for not giving people their money back. <laughs> um, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's no, it's ridiculous. It's not the fans' fault that the clubs in turmoil. Mm-hmm. You even got you've got small clubs like Leganes who have maybe ten thousand hardcore supporters who go week in week out, and and they're going to get a free season ticket next year, basically the twenty. 1920 campaign is gonna is gonna be free for them, and then Espanol said yesterday that they'll give back 20 percent of this year's uh, season ticket money. So basically, the games that the cat that the fans can't attend for the rest of the season, and then next year they'll also have a free pass or free pass. So yeah, it's, I, I don't agree with Barcelona's stance, and a lot of clubs are starting to follow now. Tafi were actually the first one maybe a couple of weeks ago. They said that they'd give their fans uh, free season tickets, and then Valencia also announced it today. But it seems like the bigger clubs are the ones that haven't budged yet. So uh, time will tell how many how many clubs will follow suit. But I think it's only fair. Like you've, you've invested your hard earned money into something that's much bigger and much richer than you. I think the, the least you deserve is your your free season ticket next year. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I would I would have to agree with you there. Barca, Barca's thing has been so widely criticised that Atletico's uh, decision to um, give give season ticket holders a twenty percent discount next season has been sort of overshadowed. I think that's fairly minimal. Uh, I, I, I don't think I don't think it's a, a very impressive gesture to give them a twenty percent discount next season. Uh, and give them none of their money back this season. I think it's perfectly doable. The excuse that's been given by Atletico for not giving the money back this season is that we have 58,000 season ticket holders and it's difficult for us to give them their money back. Again, not sure if I completely buy that. Um, but the the Barcelona thing is 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 so bad that and also coming out and and making statements like you know 
being a member of Barca isn't like being a member of the gym of, of, of the gym. It's so bad that it overshadows uh, kind of what I view as as, as quite a pathetic uh, move by Atletico as well. It's um, yeah, it's interesting what you say that it's, it's the bigger clubs that aren't really acting; it's the smaller clubs that are. Yeah, and and they're the fans that you know they they deserve it. Like like an S, when you go there, it's it's ninety percent season ticket holders. So those people have been supporting the club through the thick and thin. Like they haven't always been a a Premier Division outfit, and it's just when they do get promoted and they've enjoyed a couple of years that all the football stops for them. So. Um, to lose out on, on on money wouldn't be wouldn't be fair, and uh, it's good to see those clubs acting so early because it is it is really really clear that fans aren't going to be in the stadium this year, and um, possibly sometime next year, but but we really don't know. It's just going from from week to week. But like obviously this campaign won't have fans behind closed doors. But um, just going off the point a little bit, I, I was watching the Bundesliga yesterday, and uh, Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund, and. Mm-hmm. I actually enjoyed. We we previously spoken about like putting sound into the stadiums. I really enjoyed it yesterday with the sound. <laughs> Did you hear it? Yeah, it was weird, wasn't it? But yeah, you were very skeptical about that. Very skeptical, yeah. Because I I thought it would be just at like random times where it'd have like a wave of sound. But yesterday it was throughout and it, it worked really well. And they also lowered the camera angle, so you couldn't really see a big empty stadium. Cause that that Dortmund stadium is quite big, obviously. Yeah, and they had a nice angle that was that was low down. You were close to play, and it just it, it kind of removed the whole uh, fan void element. So I thought that was pretty good. Um, so like we're going to be watching the league games with something similar. I think they can they can learn a lot from how the Bundesliga did it or are doing it. Yeah, no, I I, th- I think uh, I think it was a great addition, and also another thing that people have pointed out. I was listening to the radio yesterday, and they were saying. Uh, that one of the ideas was actually to put to, to put more microphones about the stadium, and this is interesting. It's not going to be a good idea yeah. at all. Yeah, because there's no way you're going to remove that emotion. I can tell Simeone, hey, you need to calm down there. We're going to be going to be recording like no chat. Back 
Simeone agreed to a new contract, so he's there till 2022, and he's on massive, massive money. Uh, I think he's the best paid coach in the world. But uh, whatever happened with Burgos, it didn't work out. Um, but he, he, used, he used to actually be a goalkeeper for for the club. Burgos, he was um, he joined them in 1999, and they were actually sorry he came to La Liga in 1999, but he joined Atleti when they were in Segunda. And there's mm-hmm. a, a really famous advert of. <laughs> uh, goes down in Gran Via, which is the main street that runs through Madrid, uh, and he literally comes up out of a manhole and says, <laughs> "We're back," uh, and was basically celebrating the fact that Atletico had returned to Primera after one year in Segunda, and uh, they got relegated. And uh, Fernando Torres is just coming through at the time there, so Burgos is well known. And then he went on to have like he's been brilliant there alongside Simeone for over eight years, uh, and they've been really successful together, winning lots of different trophies and he's kind of an analytical figure like he was the first coach to use those google glasses he wore them a few years back i remember seeing him arriving this up on the on the sideline and he, he was kind of sitting there so he's like the analytical one and joel was the the motivator but they they, they work really well together so i'd say Simeone's going to miss him but it'll be interesting to see how gabby uh comes along the features yeah i mean he'll he'll bring something new um I always just remember Gabby, I, you were talking about him being a little bit underrated uh, before, and yeah, perhaps he was born at the at the wrong time, but he was so important for that team, and uh, he was his ability to slow the game down sometimes was really what Atletico needed because they played at you know 100 miles an hour constantly. That was part of their style, but occasionally if it got too if it got too hectic or whatever, Gabby was always there to slow it down, and, and he could do that. He had some you know, really good touches, and he was calm. He was controlled, you know. He obviously got the club, understood the club and stuff. So he's exactly the kind of person that you want in uh, to be a, you know, to be a positive influence in the team. Talking about um, Burgos, um, man, you need to if uh, if if you haven't seen this already, you need to watch uh, Football de Primera, the highlights of Football de Primera on on Netflix. I don't know if it's available okay. in all the countries, but it's the the Argentinian league. Uh, since the 1980s, like right up until the, I think it goes up to the early 2000s, and oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, it goes up to the early 2000s because Aguero appears in it. But oh my god, like you, it's it's class. It's so so good, and it's like it's usually Argentinian league something that I take an interest in for like five minutes when the Libertadores is on, you know, and you you do a kind of crash course every single year. I have an annual crash yeah. course of Argentinian football, but yeah. it's a really good uh, like. Um, it's really good. It's basically like their match of the day. If you want to compare it okay. to uh, like it's something that everybody would know, it's on Netflix. Yeah, I don't know if it's on Netflix everywhere, but it's, it's on Netflix in Spain. And uh, Burgos like uh, appears as a goalie, uh, and you you've got to watch his save that he, he does. He's playing for River Plate. I can't remember who it's against, but um, a guy hits a free kick at him, and he just punches it. But like the way you would punch a person. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing it's like a straight shot and instead of catching it or tipping it away somewhere he just punches it with one hand like he's nuts like unit. he's absolutely he's mental yeah. he's um, a baseball cap yeah so, yeah oh he's he's a total madman when he retired then he went, he went into his rock and roll career he had a band yeah a rock band and a big fan of the Rolling Stones and yeah <laughs> he, uh, he focused on that he focused on that for a while and uh, then he returned to, to coach Jim but he's, he's a character. If, if, if you don't know who he is, uh, you need to Google search Mono, which is monkey in Spanish. Yeah. Mono Borogos. Uh, he's, a, he's a big 
big tall figure, big demanding guy, but he's loved like he's a lovable rogue there, and the players really, really admire him. But I think some players would be happy to see Gabby come in, like Sikoke used to play with Gabby, so it should be a good transition. That's the thing, like he's he's not that long gone, Gabby, is he? You know, he's uh he's 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 really yeah, not long years. gone at all. Yeah, and he's he's still part of that, you know, he's he'll always be a part of that league winning side and that's what he'll be you know, remembered for. So yeah, I think that'll be a a yeah, real positive bit of news. It's, it's basically confirmed that it, um, it was it was on on Marca that we're talking about. It's the radio Marca that is uh, live. So yeah, that's um, yeah, that's that's going to happen. So yeah, I think it's good news for good news for uh, Atletico. Now we were uh, thinking now that the, the the league is looks like it's more or less going to be uh, back on sooner rather than later. Uh, we we were thinking about the running that the that the top two teams have. Um, it's an interesting one because there are a few tricky games in there. Um, let's let's just start off by we'll, we'll start off with, with Madrid. What are some of the fixtures that, that jump out for you in this running, Kieran? Okay, yeah. So there's eleven games remaining. Barcelona are currently on fifty-eight points, and Real Madrid are on fifty-six. Just the two dividing them. Uh, Madrid will start off with Ibar at home. Then they have Valencia. So the tough ones that I think they, they could possibly drop points to Real Madrid are against Valencia, Real Sociedad, uh, Getafe, and Athletic Bilbao. So there's four, four out of 11 games there that they could possibly uh, lose points in. and They could lose even more than that because they haven't been fantastic this season. So I have them down to get 25 points from a possible 33 um, so, so some tricky ones in there and then Barcelona have a few big ones as well they travel to Sevilla which they, they don't have a good record there mm-hmm. uh, they have Athletic Bilbao at home and then they also have the Catalan Derby Espanyol at home and Villarreal away they have a couple of tricky ones but I don't think the running is as hard as Madrid so I have them down to get 27 from 33 which means they'd win it by 4 points yeah, yeah, and yeah, because they've already got their noses in front. Um, yeah. Regardless of what Courtois might say, that you know <laughs> that they, they, they don't deserve <laughs> to win the league, they are in front at the moment, and they're just looking to to, to build in the league. And I would I would say that they've got a Sevilla looks like a, that's a standout, difficult one because it's a real bogey team for them. Sevilla away as well. Yeah. It's it's a horrible fixture for for Barcelona. Just has been. Yeah, I know as well. Like, what time are they going to have to play that? They'll need to play it in the oh, morning or something. Definitely. All Sevilla home games will be 10 o'clock kickoffs and, and Betis as well. Uh, also Granada. A couple of the Andalusian clubs in there, they can't start any earlier than 10 o'clock because if it's in June and in July, I mean, it gets up to 45 degrees there in some parts. Yeah, I, I, did, a, I did a battlefield tour in Cheyenne in, or a couple of years ago. Um, and you go to Cheyenne? Yeah, we went to Cayenne, yeah, we, we town Lopera and uh, we did That's a battlefield tour to see the, the Battle of Lopera, like battlefields and stuff. We had to start at eight o'clock in the morning because they said, like, from 10 o'clock onwards, it's just too hot. It starts to get hot at 10 o'clock. Yeah. Not like, you know, it's, it's, and then by 12 o'clock, it's unbearable and you've got to go inside. Nobody's out in the street. No, inland Andalusia is a nightmare during the summer. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really dry heat. Um, it's no wonder that they like that. That's the thing. Like, see if you you know yourself. Like living in Madrid, people don't really do the siesta thing. It's not really part of the life there. Um, 
just because of the working culture and stuff. And Madrid gets hot and stuff like that. But for most of the year, it's okay. But some of these places, Andalusia, it's 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 impossible to work when it's that one. I think Granada, everything shuts down from maybe two to five. Yeah, because it's just it's roasting. I moved down there in August and it was thirty nine degrees, and I was I was taking my suitcase <laughs> down from Madrid, and it was just horrific. I was thinking, what am I getting myself into? And then. Uh, and then I, I started listening to the local accent. I said, "Oh God, I I, I should go back." I, I couldn't understand any. Couldn't understand anybody. It's a difficult one. It's a difficult one. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Well, uh, yeah. So that'll be a definite tricky one for Barcelona. Athletic Bilbao is always difficult, but it's at the camp now, so I would fancy them to win that. Um, no bother. Celta could be a little dark. Dark um yeah, horse if, they're they're, they're, if they're fighting to stay up, that could be that could be a tough one. You know, like seasons uh, towards the end of the season, some clubs do they're fighting and they do change and they and they actually start picking up some points when it's maybe too late. But they will they'll make it very difficult for them. They 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 gave them a really tough time as well at the camp. Now uh, the last time yeah. they played, they were really on top of them. You could say that was just kind of the the that sort of syndrome of the new manager coming in because it was. Uh, it was right after Escobar got, got sacked, and the players were obviously just happy to have a new a new guy in there. But he set up that game really well. If you actually go back and watch it, they it seems like they know how to how to play them. Now it's going to be obviously that Barca have since changed managers as well, so they'll have a different approach. So that's it's going to be one to watch. It's it'll be a serious one to watch. It's it's a good run in because uh, Hazard is going to be back for Madrid, and Suarez is back for Barca as well. So they're going to be like two new signings. Suarez is a wee bit. I've, I don't know. I don't know if that was just a bad photo I saw of him, but he did look a little bit overweight in the photo I saw of him. He looked like... I just think he, he just has a big arse. No, but it was at the front as well, man. He looked like he'd just yeah. been at an all-inclusive. You know what I mean? For like two weeks. He was he was looking he was looking big. So I don't know. I mean, you'll, you'll obviously have a few weeks to get back and stuff like that. Um, but... Yeah. I think, I think though, if, if we were playing up front with Messi, we'd score 10 goals. <laughs> Oh, like the the talents there, obviously. You know, talents totally yeah. there. But um, yeah. yeah, Real Madrid uh, Valencia. Now that will be an interesting one as well because it's obviously we don't really know what's going to happen with the Champions League. But under normal circumstances, that would have been really bad timing because it it it, it was supposed to come right after the the City away game. That was yeah. the original plan. Now we obviously don't really know what's going to happen with the. Um, with the Champions League and stuff like that, but yeah, could be but, played in August, possibly played out in August, but it's not decided yet. So you think it could be? I mean, they've obviously got fewer matches to bother about and stuff. So um, yeah, so I think they want to try and get the leagues out of the way and then just leave Champions League for August separate altogether. See, that, that would save them a, a stinking like you know midweek trip and then back to to play Valencia, who have been you know decent this season as well. Um, because it's going to be yeah. flat out for 30 days it's just going to be like they've 11 matches over 30 days so it's going to be two games a week it's just going to be maybe Saturday, Tuesday, Sunday, Wednesday so it's going to be very very hard to fit them in so it just doesn't make sense to schedule the Champions League alongside the La Liga Yeah Would you be willing to bet money on, on uh, Sociedad beating Madrid as well? You seem very confident about that when we were yeah. talking earlier Yeah because they, they knocked them out of the Copa del Rey and the Bernabeu so I think they'll be just going and saying, right, we can do it again. Yeah. Uh, well, they're, they're, they're at home this time. It'll be, it'll be at the, the Anoeta this time. So it's like yeah. even more. 
Yeah, that's it. I think uh, the, the, like they give Barcelona a brilliant game, Anoeta as well, and they, they know how to put it up to the big team. So yeah, that could be that could be a tough one for Madrid, but it's very very difficult because they've had such a break. It's going to be like a new season all over again, and it's actually really hard because like we can't say that they're going into a game in form or that player's on form. You know, like this 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 Real Sociedad team has been brilliant over twenty seven games, but we can almost park that season aside. You can look at the table and you can see where they are. Uh, after all those games, but I think like actually there's no momentum going into these games, so it's like a brand new season almost uh, with mm-hmm. the same squad more or less. So uh, it is very hard to call. Like I'm just, I'm just writing down my own little mini predictions here and saying Barcelona is going to win the league, but who knows? They might have a, a collapse and Madrid will go and and do it. But it's it's going to be exciting and looks like we actually will have it back as well. So I'll have to get back to to Madrid. <laughs> yeah, I know it's 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 going to be tricky, but I uh, you know you know when you when you bought that flight back, I could not believe that that they let you do it. Like <laughs> I was very shocked yeah. that the, that that the 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 thing actually let you process the flight. No, because the, I, I booked it a week after Ryanair announced that to be running flights from the first of July. Mm-hmm. So Larry Michael O'Leary literally came out and said on on television, "Yeah, yeah, we're, we're good to go. We're going to be running forty percent." frequency so I went on the following the following week and said okay I'm pretty confident here and yeah let me schedule it and yeah same thing and then a couple of other people had flights into different parts of Spain that were also cancelled the same week so it wasn't just Madrid it didn't really matter which phase the city was in I think flights were just getting cancelled all over and um, hopefully now the next time it works mm, yeah I would absolutely stinking but I uh, stay optimistic and then you'll, you'll be back in no time see some see some La Liga football uh, what are we going to talk about? Oh, uh, right, Ferran Torres. Now he's been he's been uh, he's been in the news. You were you were talking about this on your website earlier on this week. He's been linked with like a million teams, is he not? For a for a transfer, yeah. he's been he's been brilliant this season. Uh, but it's it's like any kind of transfer rumor. You wonder how it's going to take place and 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 when. Uh, but yeah, he's he's been linked with a lot with a lot of teams. Yeah, he, he's running into the last 12 months of his contract and it just doesn't look like Valencia are going to be able to tie him down because there's offers coming in from all over and he's 20 now and um, United are linked, that's Man United, Man City, Barcelona, Dortmund have reportedly had uh, bid rejected as well from Valencia. So Valencia are doing their best because he's, he's their prized asset and his his current release loss is the 100 million that was set in his contract that he signed in 2018 so if he's gone this summer it'll be for a much reduced price just the way the the markets are, are currently looking and the, the fact that he's a year out but if, if if he runs into 2021 then Valencia are in trouble so they're gonna have to try and sort this out as soon as possible but lots of clubs interested and he's keeping hush Um, his agents aren't saying anything either so Nobody really knows, but it's kind of like every week, who's he going to go to? And, and a new club appears interested, but he's had a really, really good season. So I'm not really surprised at all the attention he's getting. Like he's, he's a quality player and he's at, at the club since the age of six. So he's, he's a local lad and um, from Valencia. So it won't be one that the fans will be particularly happy about. They'll be looking for the club to get him tied down. But um, it's... It's hard to know where he'll go. I think he will leave because um, the new the new owners there at Valencia are talking about basically changing the, the structure of the club. They want to make it like more of a feeder club. They're they're trying to produce youth um, and then sell them on and kind of kind of use that business model of uh, producing talent, getting them in, and and then making money and, and kind of having that 
model at the club um, to make it profitable going forward. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they sold him. The fact that he'll be running into his last year and then he'll be able to go on a free transfer and he's just he's, he's too good for that. So uh, it could, could be interesting, but we don't even know when the transfer window is going to reopen. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so it's uh, another factor we've got to take into account. It's interesting what you're saying there about uh, Valencia, this this idea of it becoming a feeder club. How do you think the fans would feel about that? You've got that, all this great local talent coming through. A guy's played for the club since he was six. He's, he's, he actually he was born really close to the Paterna training ground. You know, he lives and breathes the club. And to think that the basically the, the, the end goal, at least in terms of the, the directors of the club is concerned, is that this guy's going to get shipped off for, for a load of money. You know, to achieve what? Like, How would you feel if you're a, a Valencia fan? I know. Unfortunately, we have that divide now between clubs like Valencia. Even I'd even put Atletico Madrid into that bracket. They're they're under the elite clubs. Mm-hmm. Last year, Atleti lost a lot of players. Um, Griezmann went to Barcelona, so that's seen as a step up. And this mm-hmm. will be a step up for Ferran Torres if he leaves Valencia, even though he's been at the club for fourteen years. And if you get these big big clubs come calling, you're going to be playing Champions League football, and that that's really the difference. Like, does he want to be? Playing Europa League next season, I don't know. Like everybody's, everybody's different, and a lot of local players will will stay with their clubs and, and remain true. Like we've we've seen lots of examples over the years. Uh, Toddy could have went to Real Madrid and stayed with Roma. Mm. Like lots lot, lots of players did it, but nowadays there is that divide. And I think there's like a, a pool there of clubs that are able to just come in and snap whenever they want, really. So we'll see where where this ends up, but um. Hard to know, I suppose. If all the big clubs are coming in for you, uh, it's 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 kind of a, it's a tough one. It's a perhaps twenty two situation for you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I suppose that the 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 biggest draw is the this Champions League aspect. It's one that everybody wants to play in. And uh, yeah, although is, team. yeah, yeah. And it's uh, it's not like it's not like even in the way it was like fifteen years ago. I mean, if you look at the like the eight team, the amount of Real players that were in that squad. Just incredible. Senna, Marchena, uh, Catharlo was in that team as well. I'm probably forgetting a few yeah. names, but you know there, there was a healthy amount of players. Captavilla. Captavilla, yeah, Captavilla, yep, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, you know, there was a healthy, there was a healthy mix of players for different teams. It wasn't just the big two, but now it's, it's more of a situation where it's big two and then guys that are playing abroad, English teams and um, and the like. So that's just the way it's going. Um, that's why I thought, like, that's why I, I kind of thought there was a really strange mood for. Um, for um, ah, your man there, um, Alcácer. For Alcácer to 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 go to Villarreal of all places because Atletico were in for him, and you kind of wonder like, if you want to have a if you want to have a, an international career. I don't know. Something else must have happened in, in that deal for it for it to fall through. But I was I was really surprised when he ended up at Villarreal. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how many clubs are in for him, but like obviously he's he's not. He's not that old, like he's kind of in his prime and get on quite well at Dortmund, but it just didn't didn't work out. Like he scored goals there, and but then again, his maybe his argument is I went to Barcelona and didn't get enough, didn't get enough time, and mm-hmm. he probably just realised okay, I'm playing with Messi and Suarez, I have no chance here, and then went to Dortmund and then decided okay, I'm gonna have to go to maybe a lower a lower league team, not even lower league, but Villarreal will be more like mid table pushing for for European places. They're they're not like the top three obviously. So maybe you just realise okay I've I've had a chance, I've had a, a go at a big club, Barcelona, mm-hmm. didn't work out and I'm I'm happy to be like the main man of Villarreal instead of sitting at the bench on the bench of the at the camp now. 
Or yeah. Like, um, yeah. But yeah, but but but, like but, but, but but to Atletico though. I mean, if, if it's Atletico, Atletico are missing goals. It's, it's exactly what they need. I think he would have been the main man at Atletico if he'd gone there. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost hundred percent sure he, he, that that that's what would have happened. I think he would have really like had a bit of a triumph there if, if he'd gone there. But maybe there was something that happened with the deal or something like that. It's literally if you if you look into it, I, I can't find any any justification for why for why he went there. It's an interesting yeah, theory that you've got, but yeah. There's more goals in him than Morata or Costa and, and are crying out for goals this season as well. But yeah, I'm not sure. He played at Valencia. Maybe he just likes the Valencian, the Valencian region. Uh, yeah. Villarreal is just, just up the road from Valencia. Like it's a kind of a bizarre one, Villarreal. A small town, not much to it. And then in, in the last 15, 20 years, a local businessman just pumped in money and has done a remarkable job of making them like one of the big clubs. In Spain, even though they come from this small town in Castellón, it's, it's, yeah. it's a fascinating one. Villarreal, really yeah. like that club. It's, it's the Mercadona guy, the guy that owns Mercadona, which is like the Spanish Asda or Walmart or something. Yeah. Uh, Roch, his name is. He's from from up there. Um, exactly. So like, yeah, so yeah, he's he's bumped all his money into, into it, and he, you know, they've, they've they've done a great job for for a club of that size where they are as well. You know, it's actually a beautiful part of the world up there. You know, it's it's, it's a nice place to live, but they. Yeah, they've 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 overachieved the last few years. This season, I would say they've had a, a decent enough season this year as well. You actually you'd you'd, you'd pick them as a, a potential problem for for Madrid. They're going to be playing them at the at the Bernabeu. Second last game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Second last game at the Bernabeu. Sorry, it's actually the last game at the, at the Bernabeu. It's the second last game of the season, but maybe uh. maybe the league's going to be wrapped up at that stage, or or I don't know if it's going to go to the wire. Uh, so yeah, I think I think it's always tricky against Villarreal. Can be hit and miss sometimes, but they always have quality in there. So you never really know what you're going to get, uh, especially now with goals and Alcaf there. So if if he stays fit, I think they'll have a good end of this season. Yeah, and it, it could be a problem. I, I saw them at the actually went to that 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 exact game last season, Villarreal at the at the Bernabeu, and they'd already lost the league at that point, um, and it was a really low attendance. It was like twenty three thousand people or something, so it was a pretty, wow. yeah, it wasn't wasn't the best atmosphere, but uh, yeah, I mean it was. Burial were, were nothing to write home about either, uh, with the exception of Cathedral was good, but yeah, apart from that, you know, they were nothing to write home about, and they've they've definitely improved uh, this year. If that game actually means anything by the time it rolls around, yeah, it could be could definitely be a could definitely be a big one, yeah, hundred percent, yeah, goals yep. galore. Yeah. Any other uh, any other transfer news? I, I, I didn't really want to talk about Pjanic for the third week in a row, but <laughs> he's um, basically it looks like if he is going to come to Barcelona, it, the, this whole swap deal thing with Semedo uh, is not going to happen. It's more likely to be our tour that goes as part of a swap yeah. deal to to Juventus. Uh, but the tour, he's just sick of it. I think Semedo will be sick of it as well because he's getting launched into every single swap deal and it, <laughs> it turns out nobody really wants him that much. So you must feel like crap. Um, yeah, so like three, four weeks ago, Arthur said, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, I don't want to leave. Told the club. Today, it's back out again. Arthur resists. He doesn't want to go. He's told. He's formally told Barcelona again. So they just keep throwing him into the mix and he clearly wants to stay. So um, it's the same kind of talk every day Pjanic there 
Lautaro Martinez from Inter to Barca as well. That looks close, but again, nothing's official. So um, no other really big ones uh, that I can that I can think of off the top of my head. A lot of it's just rumor mill and and the usual transfer talk at the moment. But I think it's more it's more just focused on the return of the league, and then obviously behind the scenes, there's there's clubs doing their scouting and. and doing their negotiating and trying to get the best deals possible. But probably a lot of swap deals will happen this summer. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the what the big clubs do as well. Um I think like obviously Mbappe, it's gonna be another year away. There's talk of Holland going to Madrid, but that's gonna be a while as well. And and they said that they want to give Jovic a season. So there, I don't think there's gonna to be too much happening at Madrid. Possibly Odegaard coming back from his loan uh Real Sociedad. Uh that could be like a new sign about don't know yet again, so it's um, still all up in the air. Od- Odegaard going back from the loan that would uh, that would be pretty convenient because the guys are already in Spain. They don't really need to do anything to to make it happen. Uh, it's not exactly. going to be a big a big thing. It's you know M- Madrid's transfer thing seems to be a bit more common sense than Barcelona's one. It's none of these stupid swap deals that involve four or five players doing exactly what you what what, what the club want them to do. You know, yeah. <laughs> in order for it to happen, you know. Like the yeah, because Madrid have Madrid have an amazing B team all out on loan, and I think like over the next couple of years, when the old guard does step down, and they're, they're going to have to replace Ramos, Cruz, Modric, Benzema, like they've, they've so many good players out there, and they've, they've really done a good job in the transfer market over the last couple of years. Likes of Nicias, Rodrigo, um, Odegaard, sort of a lot of players there. They've uh, Hakimi out on loan at Borussia Dortmund as well. Kubo's at Mallorca, so they've got talent all over. To call on, and I think Odegaard will like he's definitely ready to step up. But whether he's going to replace, I think like he's obviously got more more in him than Modric now because Modric is at the end of his of his time. But mm. uh, Modric or Cruz is still running the show as well, and Casemiro is in there, so maybe maybe he will fit in to that midfield. But they've got so many options to call on, and they've already done their work. Whereas Barcelona are at the opposite end; they're trying to make these kind of panic buys that don't have the money there so there's going to be just deals involved and they're kind of aggravating current squad members who want to stay and want to play for a huge club but by putting them into these potential deals so it's a bit messy there whereas I think Zidane's got um, less pressure in the window Florentino Perez always wants to promise Real Madrid fans a Galactico type signing mm-hmm. but because of the, the current situation Mbappe is not going to happen and that was expected to happen this summer but obviously that's going to be pushed out of year so I think it's even exciting with the lone players that they have, Odegaard and the like. I think it's it's exciting times for Real Madrid fans. Yeah, because they, they they they've got that to look forward to, and they, and they know that they've they've got them there. And you, yeah, just so many good young players coming back. Casemiro, you mentioned earlier, he's uh, he's renewed his contract till twenty twenty three, so he's that's him going to be there as well. Modric, I think, is yeah a little bit over the hill, or or if he isn't already, he's he's getting there. Been a great servant for the club and stuff, but you know there's a there's a time limit for 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 all these guys' careers. But yeah, Casemiro coming in there and he's you know he's been he's been a revelation this season as well. Been getting forward, helping Benzema. Out. Oh, he's class. Yeah, uh, I we're talking yeah, we're talking about that, uh, we're talking about that a few months back, weren't we? Just like the fact that Casemiro really has stepped up to the plate, has been scoring goals and stuff, and it's like we didn't really, you know, he he does have that, but I think it's something to easily forget about him. Yeah, no, he's he's been he's been phenomenal. Like I think he's the first name in the team sheet, and he, he signed that 
contract, a new contract extension a couple of months ago, but Real Madrid are having this new policy where they're not revealing contract extensions anymore. So it kind of news broke on Benzema a few months back. He renewed, but the club aren't making it official until the summer. So basically they're doing these contract extensions behind the scenes and not telling every anyone. So Casemiro, that news broke in the last couple of weeks and certain media outlets were saying he's, it's done. And even Transfer Market had his contract updated to 2023. So like the, it, it leaked, but Real Madrid going forward don't want to release any more contract extension news because PSG wanted Casemiro as well. And um, Madrid were basically wanting to tie him down. So they got that deal done, but it's only coming out now. So yeah, that's like, uh, that's that's really good news for them to have him for an extra three years because he, he is like the main man in the middle there and kind of connects the defence to midfield. Yeah. Who do you think? I think there's been a pretty decent season for Madrid. Uh, they're obviously slightly behind at the moment, but you know they've been they've been pretty consistent. Could could you could you pick a standout player for them this year? For Real Madrid, yeah, Courtois obviously is there, but you know he's he has the goalie and stuff. But I mean, can you look past Courtois? I think he's been the yeah, they have a player of the year. Daniel, I have to put him. Casemiro, Casemiro's been so good. Um, Mendy's had a very good season as well at left back. Uh, Benzema Benzema before Christmas was on fire like he was scoring he was setting up but it, since the turn of the new year he hasn't really scored much but like he, he links the play as well he, he does so much more than just scoring so um, yeah Casemiro I'd say would be would be the standout one and Courtois obviously like since he had the blow in October against Bruges in the Champions League he's been brilliant and he hasn't really conceded many goals mm. yeah especially given the way he started the season it's just like such a great way to bounce back the way he has, because it was it looked like it yeah. could be the you know end of the road for him almost. You know what you know what the the, the culture's like, shot. yeah. But it's like you know what the culture the the culture's like at Real Madrid. You can just have a couple of bad games and that's you done. Especially when the fans turn against you, and the fans were and the fans after that Bruges game that the fans were coming out and saying that he, he was faking it and all that crap. You know, just nonsense. Um, and yeah, he's done really well to turn it around. No, oh, some of the some of the games he's had this season have been unbelievable. The Valencia away one when he came, when he came up for the corner yeah. and that the unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So yeah, I think he's for, for Benzema like ninety minutes, but he's a yeah, he's a very very good goalkeeper. And I think we're blessed with goalkeepers in the league because we have Ter Stegen and Jano Black as well, like possibly yeah. the three best in the world. Aitor Fernandez as well, not far behind them for for Levante as well. I think he's yeah. been amazing. Yeah, good good keeper, good keeper. Yeah. Outside shout, yeah. It's interesting that because Madrid have had, like, I would say that they've had more kind of standout performances, whereas Barcelona, if it wasn't for Messi, I don't think there's any chance. I mean, you can say that every season, but I don't think there's any chance that they would be where they are. He saved them countless times with free kicks, penalties, amazing individual goals. Suarez as well has been good when he's been fit. But, you know, it's uh, I think that Madrid are a more well-balanced team. That's why I think they've been better for most of the season, really. You know, it's just yeah, the it's odd collective effort there. Yeah, but the odd kind of yeah. stupid, the odd kind of stupid slip up from them has cost them a little bit. Yeah, yeah, because Barcelona have been leaking goals. De Jong hasn't been as good, but I suppose there's a lot of pressure on him as a young player coming in, and like he's all of a sudden like the the main man in the middle. And Griezmann has scored goals, but hasn't really hit the heights expected either. So. I think, yeah, as a whole, I think Madrid have looked better, even though like, they're two points off. But when you've got Messi in your team, you're going to win lots of games, um, even even if you don't play well. Yeah, 
Yeah, and and you're still tipping uh, you're still tipping Barca to win just because of that because of that Messi factor. Yeah, I think the Messi factor and the pretty much a a fit squad apart from Dembele and Umtiti, who I don't think they'll miss that much. I think he's a bit of a liability <laughs> at times, and uh, I think Barca will just 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 nick it. Yeah, what what do you think? Who do you fancy? I've said Madrid since the beginning of the season, but look at their. Look at their running. I don't know. We're just everything we've been saying about running. I think they've got a they've got a bit bit more of a bit more of a challenge. But I don't know. Man, anything can happen. I think we'll just stick with Madrid anything. just for just for sheer stubbornness. But which way? Like anything can happen. Barca do have the easy running. At least it seems like that on paper. But going away to Sevilla, if they slip up there, it's all to play for. You know. Yeah, there's um, no momentum. It's like an eleven-game season. It's just like a, a mini tournament now, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Kind of, it's good that they're so close, though, because like there's the Bundesliga. It's practically over now. Bayern beat, yeah. beat Dortmund, and they're seven points in, and it, it, there's not much to play for. Whereas with Spain, you've only got two points, so like all eyes are going to be on La Liga. Liverpool have the Premier League wrapped up as well, so at least there is that competition still there, and we can talk about it every week. So it should be exciting. I think La Liga is the only one to watch now. By the way, I'm I'm being serious. Right, yeah, it's a great show. <laughs> no, I'm being serious. It's the only one that works. You need but, to tell more people that. <laughs> well, just just in terms of like you know competition, I I yeah. I challenge anyone to say a league that's uh, worth its salt that's any better than the the yeah. league this year in terms of competition right at the top. I think it's yeah. by far and away the best one to watch. English league's been wrapped up since Halloween. You know, it's been. <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool totally ran away with that, um, you know. And Halloween, <laughs> well, more or less, like you knew at Christmas that you know that they were gonna they were gonna win. Yeah, when, yeah. when 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 Liverpool beat Leicester away, that, that was the closest challenges, and they absolutely hammered them. It was four 0 was it? Four 0 just yeah, walked all over them. Hasn't been a great Premier League season. Nah, as if you if you're a Liverpool yeah. fan, but no, nah, this yeah, there's, there's, there's no chance that this has been a bit more of a roller coaster thing it always is you know with, with the changes at the top and stuff like that and all these yeah. you know various crises it's going to be mental. It's going to yeah be mental. 40 degrees 11 games in 30 odd days sweltering heat it's, oh, it's going to be it's going to be mayhem it's going to be hard for a lot of people but i'm looking forward to it yeah i'll, I'll be in the I'll, i think i'll be in the bar with a with a nice cold beer watching a lot of it so i will be absolutely bring- fine We'll bring the podcast outside. <laughs> let's hope so. Let's hope so. Okay, well, I think that's a, a pretty good way to end it. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening, and we will join you again next week at the same time. Adios. Hasta luego. Mm-hmm.